What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and we're presented to you by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign today, bet $100, and you get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bash us W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Hey, first and foremost, we want to say that we got some positive news today in regards to Damar Hamlin, and that is the best news of the day, best news that we could get. And a shout-out to Denny Kellington. He was the assistant athletic trainer who performed CPR and, and ultimately saved Damar's life. Obviously, there's a long road to go, but a lot of positive signs today. Um, everybody, you know, that's, that's the most important thing here. Uh, we are going to talk about the – Fantasy football championships, how things are affected. Some people in week 18 championships, and they have other things that are going on. You have week 17. A lot of people have really figured out, a lot of people have been good sports about this whole thing and really understanding that this is a tough situation. But we want to talk about some of our, mo- our f- most fun scenarios, some scenarios we don't like. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about evaluating your dynasty league because it's, you know, it's, the off season for most people. And so it's time to evaluate the roster, figure out, am I a contender? Am I a pretender? Maybe someone needs to break it to you that you're not. Um, and then what's the next move? You know, what are some moves? You don't want to make things worse. Um, and you also don't want to go too crazy and end up, you know, um, making too many moves too early because you're excited. So Brad, let's start off with new year's resolutions. What's your fantasy football new year's resolution for 23? Oh, 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 all right. So I dropped at the end of this season, three dynasty leagues like that. I mean, it was immediate and it was a dynasty. All three of them were leagues that I joined last year with a bunch of people that I don't know. So my new year's resolution is do not join a dynasty league with people that I don't know. It's just not as much fun people get butt hurt and their feelings hurt all like there's not as much trash talking because it's nobody you you know it's not guys that you grew up with or guys that you work with or or anything like that it's just it's not fun to me so I refuse to do it I hope future Brad remembers that come draft time when I'm like man I really want to do a startup draft I really want to do a startup draft or somebody says hey I've got this orphan and it's really contending team. Like, does anybody want it? The first year's free, blah, blah, blah. Like, stay strong. Say no. Say no to Dynasty. No, I love that. And I did the same thing. I'm, I'm down three leagues. And a lot of these leagues were stuff that I've joined from, like, uh, Sleeper Forum during COVID. Or we did a mock draft. And we were like, hey, I love my team. And I wish I had this team. And next thing you know, we're like, let's do a real one. And, you know, so... Uh, one of them, I was just, I was super excited. I was actually trying to sell the team to somebody and um, somebody, somebody in the league was like, Hey, I'm, I'm out. And then another person said, I'm out. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm just watching it happen. And I'm like, uh, yeah, me too. I'm looking to cut back. <laughs> like, meanwhile, I already am like pitching it in somebody's DM. And then I just gave a roster to somebody. And so, you know, don't be afraid to do that. The best thing you can do to the, t- to the league is to try to find another owner and, it is good faith to pay the you know league fee for the next year, especially if you've traded first round picks or something like that. Um, but let's uh, let's let's get into it. Dynasty evaluation. So, Brad, what is what's the first step for you when you're looking at dynasty evaluations of your roster? So it's really kind of a one A one B. Do it in parallel. I like to evaluate the entire league along with my team, right? So go in, identify the needs of my team as well as the needs of other people's teams 
and the strengths of my team versus the strengths of other people's teams, right? There are a lot of tools out there that help you do that if you pay for subscriptions and this and that, but I like doing it myself because I know I perceive value of players different uh, than other people. And I don't, I don't want to take necessarily, you know, let's say dynasty, uh, uh, dynasty nerds, for instance, they've got their little, their tool where they, they power rank your teams and everything like that. Like, yeah, that's nice, but I want to know. I want to do it based off what I think is going to happen, what I see, uh, you know, what I, my perception of players are, so on and so forth. So I think that is key to identifying who your trade partners are in the offseason based on what you want to do. Are you wanting to completely tear down and rebuild based on some other stuff that we're going to talk about in a little bit? Is it you just need to add a couple pieces? Is it, hey, I need to go from wide receiver 15 to wide receiver 5, so how can I package to make that happen? Whatever the case is, it just gives you a full, complete landscape of the league, identifies who your sellers are, and identifies who your buyers are. Yeah, and so like we did this for the uh, Kings of Dynasty League, and something that I, I wouldn't do this for my entire league, but I would do this with my rosters. And you can take whatever trade value chart that you have or whatever rankings you have, and you can just put your teams in a spreadsheet and see how it stacks up. And you're like, okay, my average, you know, like my my total assets are this. And, you know, look at some of the other, maybe another team to compare and say, okay, I have, uh, and start your, and put your lineup together. So, okay, my starting lineup with everybody healthy, this is what I have. And I have, you know, I have a QB six, I have QB nine, I got tight end 12, I got wide receiver 17, I got wide receiver 20. Okay, I have no, I have no wide receiver one, I have barely have a tight end one. And then you're looking at your depth and saying, okay, what can I do to improve this roster? You know, and and at the end of the day, it's just like the NFL. You don't want to be in mediocrity. Like, you're not going to go anywhere if you continue to be 7-7, seven and 8-8, seven, eight and eight, whatever. And so if you look at it and you are, are one or two pieces away, then let's go. If you feel like, you know what, I'm one or two pieces away from maybe competing, you probably want to go in the other direction. Start looking at some of those older players and, you know, I just did a series on sportsgamblingpodcast.com about like age cliff players. Some of these, you know, running backs and receivers, they're older than you think. And in dynasty terms, like if, you know, you don't realize like running backs at 27, like that's an old running back, 30 year old receiver. Like look how many wide receivers that were 30 years old or more finished in the top 12 this year. How many finished last year, the year before. Yeah. And so like, Devontae Adams turned 30 and did it, but he turned 30 this year. Is he going to do yep. it next year? We saw Keenan Allen miss a bunch of time. DeAndre Hopkins, had the, he had the injury, plus he had the suspension. So, like, you just got to look at some of these things. And so, like, just like Brad said, evaluating your team needs and identifying, you know, who out there. And then the second part of that is identifying who's willing to sell. Who are the sellers? And I'm I want to be very – just like I said earlier in the in the year, I want to be very um, aggressive. I want to be the first person that makes the sale. If there's only one or two tight ends on the market, I don't want to get the second best. I want to get my pick of the litter, the litter. And I talked about that in my tight ends article that's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, the other thing that you know you'll learn that the more you play dynasty, the more you're in, the longer you're in a league with these these folks you're going to learn who values those uh, rookie picks, who's going to value the veterans, who's going to value the youth, because there are different players in Dynasty. There are guys who are going to want to just pay up for those veterans, thinking they're going to go get a chip. There are other players who don't want anybody over the age of 27 on their roster, and they'll seven, sell them for pennies on the dollar to get younger. There are guys who will give up great players for just a singular first because they love drafting rookies. You know, there are a lot of different style players out there. So make sure, you know, feel them out. Start just throw some stuff in the chat around the rookie draft and you know how you're excited about it. See how people respond, see what other people are saying. This is where you start to plug in some of those rookies. Oh man, did you see this highlight film on this guy and see who says, ah, oh, that guy sucks. 
be like, oh, okay, well, I noticed you have the 105. That's right around where that player is going to go. Like, are you willing to move from that then? You know, use it to kind of drum up some business a little bit uh, because they're, everybody is a little bit different, right? So I, I like that trade, J. Mark. Um, let's check in with the sponsors and then let's get back to some more tips. I want to talk about why not to focus so much on buying players during the offseason. Um, but let's uh, let's let's talk about WinBet. Uh, WinBet is the official sports book of the Sports Selling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's there's a ton of ways to win, uh, including live betting and same game parlays. Reduced juices on odds and totals for all bowl games. You got great promos, odds, and payouts happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, just sign up today, and you receive a special offer. If you bet hundred dollars, you're going to win hundred dollars. It's limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com bashless winbet. Just that's the new we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com bashless W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Claim your free bet today. If you offer a subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present a state where playthrough winbet is available. If some if someone you know has a gambling problem, or if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please go 100-522-4700. Yeah, and we are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And at Underdog, the season never ends. As of right now, you can still play their weekly Battle Royale games or even draft your playoff best ball teams. They also have a ton of daily games that you can use for NBA or even NHL. Plus, when you use our promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. Yeah, and so uh, we're going to get into my DMs, and I'm going to show you a team – that was sent to me that I, that was, they asked me to re, you know, evaluate their team. And, I, and we're going to try to do that. But one thing I want to talk about is players. You don't want to go and say, all right, I need an RB two, and I'm going to go sell my first round pick or my second round pick and get this RB two. And it's March. It's January. This guy could get, this guy could get hurt. He could get arrested or suspended his pieces around him could move situations can change. And I get it. This is the buy low opportunity for a lot of these players, but if you're going to pay up for somebody, this is where you really kind of got to be patient. I mean, I'm someone that paid for cam Akers two weeks before the, the Achilles tear got him in two different leagues, paid a high price veterans right now. Veterans aren't worth Jack. Everyone is, they're not going to, they do not want to give those precious 2023 picks for your veterans, your Fournettes and your Mike Evans and those kind of guys. Derrick Henry, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait now. And then when, when the season's about to start and you have those people that are setting their lineups and they're like, yeah, I'm projected to lose by like 30. Um, (laughs) Brad, you still got Derrick Henry that's when they'll actually make you a fair offer and they'll be much more willing to give those 2024 picks and they're going to be valuable, but don't go and give Derrick Henry away for half price because you're so thirsty for those 23 picks. Hold out. Veterans will gain value as the season gets closer and your draft picks will gain value on draft day. Do not sell. If you have the one one do not sell it until draft day. I saw someone the other day, he sent um, 102 plus 201 for the 101. And I'm like, listen, a a trade chart might have told you that was fair. Yeah. But you could have gotten a lot more. And he was like, oh, no worry. I was the guy that got the 101. And I was like, (laughs) then good job by you. Well played, sir. You know? But like some of these, you know, some of these these trades, you just, it's going to, they're only going to get better. As the, as it goes on, and you and when you get the landing spots, if only one or two running backs gets good landing spots, then that that whole the value shrinks and yep. it causes a surplus at the top. Yeah, you definitely don't sell picks. For me, I don't look to buy or sell picks until after the NFL draft happens, uh, because it, yes, you risk run the risk of the value going up, but you also run the risk of that pick value going down and I would rather pay the premium the slight premium in knowing the landing spot because that also gives me more information and me more comfortability with the landing spot uh 
uh, I'm willing to take that that shot and wait uh, until that happens. It just makes more sense to me. Uh, whereas I'm a little bit different with those veteran players. And the only reason I say that is if I get through my dynasty team evaluation and, and my age, my age averages are good for each position. You know, I've got my two stud quarterbacks. I've got a top 10 tight end. I've got one top 10 RB. I've got three top 24 wide receivers. Now I'm going to say, you know what? I just want to add some depth. Let me go grab Amari Cooper for a second round pick. You know what? I'll, I'll take that guy because he's 29. You don't you don't want a 29 year old receiver right now, right? But all those kinds of things depend on the entirety of your dynasty team, right? If my average age at the wide receiver position is 28 years old, I'm probably not going to go buy a 29 year old receiver because next year all of my wide receivers are useless and people just. Something on Pokemon just happened really cool. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so you got to take all of those things into account when you're playing Dynasty before you make a decision because you can really set your team back if you don't look at all these different facets of the game. Now, I, I'm totally with you on that. And, you know, as far as, you know, as far as this roster, um, you know, want to want to talk about what it what it looks like and so this guy has you know he's got he's got a league where there is um he's got picks 107 202 207 312 it is a super flex tight end premium dynasty league and so he sent me his roster and i thought you know this this is definitely a definitely a good you know good roster and his starters are Justin Herbert, Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins. He's got A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, Christian Watson, David Njoku, Marquise Brown. And who's the super flex? And this is super flex. Um, it's got Brandon Ayuk, Dak Prescott. And then he has um, Russell Wilson, Taylor Heineke, Jalen Warren, Jacoby Myers, Don Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, Noah Fant, Trey McBride, and um, you got some bench spots. Javante Williams, Zach Ertz in the IR spots. Terrace Marshall, Kate Otten, Clyde Evans-Alaire. Then I told you the draft picks already. Yeah. And so with this kind of a roster, he asked me, like, what What do you think we should, what I should do? He said, should I trade A.J. Brown for the 101? Uh, should I trade away Iuke, Marquise Brown, Myers, Nico Collins? Um, he's got 107, 202, 207, 312. Who'd you say the other quarterback was besides you? It was Heineke, Herbert, Russ, Justin, Dak, and who else? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. All right. So, so this is where I'm going to start, I guess, with the ages. Or I went back and looked at every league that I was in this year. Uh, what the winning roster, who the number, who take, who took home that trophy, where their starting lineup rankings were. Every single one of them had two, count them, two top 13 quarterbacks. Okay, so when I look at this roster, you got Justin Herbert, you got Dak Prescott, you got two top 13 quarterbacks in points per game, right? Dak may have actually fallen out of that because of the games that he missed. Right. But from a points per game's perspective, he's got two quarterbacks that meet that wicket. So you're good there. Now, here's where it gets a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll skip the running backs and wide receivers real quick. The tight ends, you had to have a top, not had to, but most of those winning rosters. And by most, I mean all but one of them had a top five tight end in fantasy points per game. It just gives you an advantage. Just it is what it is. And then the running back and wide receivers are where it gets a little interesting because there were two different, very distinct combinations. There was there were about a 50-50 split between teams that had one stud running back. And by stud, I mean like top seven running back. And then just some RB2 sprinkled in there. David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt, some of these other guys that on, when you look at it, you're like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I like that. But what they did have were three top 24 wide receivers. Three, count them, three of them. Now, 
the alternative to that was guys that had two top 15 running backs, you know, Josh Jacobs and uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, for instance, was on there. You know, he had two top five running backs. Then you turn around and you look at the wide receiver core and he's got one top 10 wide receiver and then like two receivers in that wide receiver 20 to 30 range, right? So you you got to figure out where where is my roster at here? So when I hear that roster, he meets those two. He's got two top five dynasty wide receivers in A.J. Brown and uh, uh, shit, who's the other? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, thank you, right? So now you look at the running back position. You say, okay, do I have a, a for sure guaranteed top 10 running back? Yeah, I think so, right? If you don't think you do, this is where I take that pick, 107, and I take that one of these running backs, and I go get a stud running back. I go get Brees Hall. I go get um, Nick Chubb. I go get uh, Saquon. You know, I might get CMC, right? There's some players that you can go get by doing that. Don't get me wrong. You're going to take a hit from a trade calculator perspective. But if your goal is to win a championship, who gives a crap? Who gives a crap in my book? Yeah, now you could take 107 and see what kind of running back you can get with that. Yeah. You can you maybe could draft a running back and a super flex where a running back might fall to you at 107. That's a little bit of a stretch, but you know, you could get a Condre Miller or a Sean Tucker or you know, um some you know, maybe Zach Evans falls there. Yeah. But um I told him the first thing I noticed was tight end. And I, I said, you know, you got to have a premium tight end. Every league, every championship I was in, I was in five. I either had Travis Kelsey or I was playing against Travis Kelsey. Yeah. That yeah. was, there was no, there was no difference. Two, and the other guys, two. it was either I had Schultz or Andrews or one of the top tight ends. Yeah. And so I look at Njoku and I, I like Njoku, but he's not consistent enough. And we don't have enough data that says that, that Deshaun Watson is going to make him a thing. We don't know. Deshaun Watson, he's he's had touchdown scores before, but he's never had high-end touchdown, you know, high-end fantasy tight ends before. And so I said, who are some guys that you could get? I said, of course, if if Kelsey is – they're selling Kelsey, see what it takes. Go yep. get Kelsey because that's by far – I don't care. He's 35 years old. Maybe that's a good selling point to get him a little cheaper. But at the end of the day, Kelsey, you can't sell Kelsey if you have him. Because you're probably yeah. a competitor, but if, if someone is selling Kelsey, see what you would can you get. move the 107 for Kelsey, or is that too expensive for you? I might want something back, but that's what's going to take. Yep, I no think that's gonna... what it's going to take to get. And I think I'd be if that is the one piece that's missing. If I meet all those other wickets, I'm going to get it. Yeah, I'd be okay with doing it. Of course, I would ask for like a third or a late second, you know, if I could, yeah. or you know, something else, but. I'm really like I would be, and I wouldn't be worried about getting a tight end because then you could trade Njoku for a second, and then you're kind of you know meeting the needs. You know, you're trading Njoku for a second, you trade 107 for Kelsey. Um, yep. I told him, what about what about getting Waller for the 202, or trading one of those you know other tight ends plus the 207 for Waller? I really liked what I I, I was looking at. I was well, listen, I was looking at it, and I said I was writing up my sales article, and I, and the first thing I did was I can't sell Kelsey, so I put. Nope, not selling Kelsey. Then I went to Waller and I was writing up why I'm selling Waller. And then I looked at it and I said, in the three games that he was back, he was tight end 12, yep. tight end nine, tight end eight. In the two games he played prior to that, it was or four games he played prior to that, it was 50-50, whether it was tight end one or not. I'm like, so you're telling me in seven games he was tight end one five times and he was top eight three times? I like this. And so the more I liked about it, I was like, nope, here's instead of three reasons why I'm selling Waller, here's three reasons why I'm buying them. And we don't know what's going to the quarterback situation is going to be next year. That's but we had Derek Carr, we had Jared Stenham. He was fine with both. He actually was better with Stenham. Um that's such a fluke. That was a fluke. It absolutely, <laughs> but it's the offense, it's the yeah, system. Yeah, yeah and yeah. McDaniel's gonna be back. So I don't care if, if Brad Stick was stone quarterback, it's the same system. And so they, the, the usage is there. I looked at the targets, looked at the routes run. So, you know what? He's a buy. And so if you could get him right now, I looked at the trade chart. 
he's like the, the 12th most expensive on some trade charts. I'm like, I could get, I can get Waller for a 207. Yeah, I would, I'll take that. And it might take, might take a little more. You might have to throw, you know, Trey McBride or something like that to do it. But then you save 202 and 107 for bigger pieces. Or you go in big, big fishing and get Kelsey. Well, so, how many people are thinking like you were when you started to write your article thinking, man, I got to get rid of this guy. He's probably a very affordable tight end right now because he's over 30. He was hurt most of the year and people are just down on him. So yeah, I, I totally went into that article that I was going to sell him. And then I sold myself on buying him. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to go and try to get some. And that's the first thing I told him to do is get Kelsey or Waller. I feel like the other guys like Hawkinson and Andrews are hard to buy right now. Even Andrews that he's low, he's still hard to buy. And Kyle Pitts, like you're buying him, but like if you're a win now team, are you buying Kyle Pitts? Yep. I'm not. I'll trade, I'll trade Kelsey for Kyle Pitts right now. And people can hate me at, (laughs) at at Maddie daddy presents. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, you know, just going back to that roster, he asked about like some of the, like the, wide receiver depth. I wouldn't move those guys unless I got a really good offer. I mean, Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk, I like both those guys. Um, yeah. You know, if you trade for a draft pick, like you're just hoping the draft pick is as good or better than them. Like they're already pretty good and they yeah. could be better next year. I mean, most scenarios. And I mean, so- Marquise Brown was a top 12 wide receiver four weeks before or six weeks before DeAndre Hopkins came back. I mean, the, the yeah. the upside is there. We saw Brandon Ayuk play really well. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. It, it's it, good. It, Leave it alone. In my in my scenario, I gave him. I would try to move one of the running backs plus one hundred seven. Get Bijan. Get the one hundred one. Get Bijan. Lock that up, and then get Darren Waller with the other. Because you trade one hundred seven plus J.K. Dobbins. Maybe that can get you one hundred one. Then you go and make the move to go get the other guys or, you know, you trade and try to get Brees Hall, something like that. I'm curious if you could move the 107 to the Brees Hall owner, right? 107 and a smaller piece to go get Brees Hall right now. I think you, you might find an owner that is willing to make a move like that. So, so uh, let's, let's talk about this scenario. So, you know, again, we talked about DeMar Hamlin and we talked – anything else about evaluating rosters before we move on? Yeah, yeah, just real quick. There's there's a lot – you know, if you're new to Dynasty and, I, you know, J-Mark was on here saying, hey, I just made my, made my first trade in Brad's league. This is his first Dynasty league, right? I sent him a trade. I didn't know that. When he told me in the DM, I said, look, man, I'm going to shoot you straight. Don't accept my trade, Right. Here's some things you need to take into account in Dynasty, so on and so forth, right? There are a lot of things to take into account. Volatility is kind of a word that I use to kind of encompass all of those things, right? Contracts play into volatility. Coaching staff plays into volatility. Quarterback changes play into volatility for both wide receivers and running backs because does the quarterback throw to the running back position? Do they target the tight end? Do they hyper-target wide receivers? You just don't know. So you got into got to take into account that kind of stuff as well. Um, and then the other one is, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, and it's the average age of your positions, right? So on the rosters where I am a top three team, I, I went in and I took a look and said, hey, what is the average age of my individual positions? So right now, I think 28 is kind of the target for the quarterback position. If you have an average age of 28 or less at the quarterback position, you're in pretty good shape from a dynasty perspective because at that point, you've got players that are in the top 12 and likely going to stay in the top 12 for a number of years after. They're already in that second contract and you're ready to rock. From the running back position, it's a lot different. If your average age is 25, now you want to start reevaluating that that core group of your dynasty team at the running back position because a lot of those guys, yes, if you look at like, for instance, the 12, the RB ones this season, there were like eight of them that were on their second contract over the age of 26. And I get that. The problem is the sale price after that. You always, you know, Davis said this before, you always want to be a year ahead 
rather than a year behind. So sell and take your lumps that that player is going to be good for one year because after that, their value is going to plummet and you're not going to get anything for them. And I've got a couple candidates that I'm going to give to you here in a second that just kind of kind of prove that. And then this, the wide receiver position, the average age I'm looking at is the age of 27. If your average group, right, wide receiver is a lot easier to have a couple 23-year-olds that are really good and some 28-year-olds that are really good. So if your average age is around 27, you're pretty solid. You don't want to have a bunch of players over the age of 30. So just to recap, 28 for quarterback, 25 for running back, 27 for wide receiver. Average age for your, your guys on your dynasty roster. If it's above that, you want to start to think about moving those older assets to get down below that. So I talked about running backs. The other thing to take into account for the running back position is those guys that are on their second contract, right? Hey, they get paid. Saquon's getting ready to get paid, for instance. He's going to be great for a season or two. After that, the value that you're going to get from him is going to start to, to decline. So two guys that I think are good prime examples of this are Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook, both of which are 28 years old, uh, going into their age 29. I'm sorry, Dalvin Cook is 27, going into his age 28 season. Aaron Jones is 28, going into his age 29 season. Problem being, they have guys behind them. Alexander Madison in Minnesota, A.J. Dillon in Green Bay, not to mention the fact that their contracts flip. And what I mean by contracts flip, their contracts are now in a position where the organization can save money by cutting them instead of lose money in dead cap. And they're pretty similar. So next year, they could the Minnesota Vikings could, I don't believe they're going to, but they could move on from Dalvin Cook and save $8 million. The Green Bay Packers could move on from Aaron Jones and save $11 million. And then in 2024, those numbers jump up to $12 million. Right. So, like I said, a year early, I think both of these players are going to be playing for their teams next year. But after that, they're going to be 29 or 30 and they're going to be on another contract going to another team and likely not going to bring the value that you can get now. So those are two running backs and their second contract that also are aged out above that average age that I was talking about before that you really need to think about probably moving on from before the season starts, before free agency and contracts and restructures and all that stuff starts to happen. I got a bunch of comments in here. Uh, yeah, Oh, yeah, Dave bailed on us because of the, the, you know, the trade. Uh, so Kamara's value with age and the pending trial, I would look at him very much like uh, an Ezekiel Elliott in value. I think Zeke lost a lot of value going into the season. I think it continued to kind of go down because of the the Tony Pollard uh, play, his level of play up to this point. And the problem is, yeah, I know Tony Pollard is a free agent, but I think personally the Dallas Cowboys would be silly not to re-sign him. He was the spark. He is, and I'm not going to say was, is the spark in that Dallas offense right now. And I know Zeke is getting touchdowns and he's he's okay in a points per game. But statistically speaking, he is not a good running back right now. So I look at Alvin Kamara very similarly. Not to mention the fact you have a lot of volatility in the New Orleans Saints right now with Dennis Allen as the head coach. Who's the quarterback going to be? The utilization of Alvin Kamara this year was very odd. He had a few games that you saw Alvin Kamara of old uh, where he's getting seven, eight targets. But then you saw a lot of games where it's three or less. So Kamara, I think if you can get a second round pick for Alvin Kamara, I am taking that every single day. You're not going to, there is no person on the planet, I don't believe, even contender, that is going to take a first or or give up a first for Alvin Kamara. So trying to get that second is where I would go. If you compare a second with another player, uh, really probably a wide receiver because wide receivers are easy to trade. They're just easier to move. That's a move I would be looking to try to do is a, a mid to late second plus a wide receiver that I think has some value moving forward. Yeah, and Justin, I was appalled, so I left. Um, there's nothing, nothing to do with just the internet. Just decided to skip. So, um, yeah, you got to hold Kamara, and he's one of those guys. He's older um, because of his usage. I looked at the usage, and Kamara and Eckler are very similar in how they were used. 
Um, the usage has just changed. His targets have gone down tremendously. And I think Kamara could be in for another team. He's a guy that I would hold. Hold, see what happens. One, yeah, it's going to get worse value as far as when he has the suspension. And then you're going to be forced to hold a little longer. But just like Hopkins, as soon as Hopkins came back and had that big game, I trade him for a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, I couldn't have done that if I were to you know, on the beginning of the year. So Kamara gets suspended. Let's say it's two games. He comes back and has a 30-point game. Then you could go back up. Um, here's some advice for the Kamara, Kamara owner. If you really are trying to move him, you're trying to move him during the draft, don't be afraid to move him for future picks. And so you're not going to get – no one's going to give you 23 first, period. But a contender might give you a 25th or a 24 first. Yep. And that's where you say, okay, um, I'll take a third and a 25th first. And that might still be too much, but they want to keep that second because they want to just like completely – like they don't want to give anything up this year. and they want, They're okay with giving away future, future picks. And so like – that 25th first is still a first. Even though a trade chart might say it has half the value, it doesn't. And so when 25th draft comes around, you're really going to thank yourself for getting rid of Camara. But don't forget about 24th and 25th fifths because they're good. And yeah, well, and that's where the projections for your, like when you look at all 12 or 14 or 16 teams in your league can really come into play, right? Because that team may look at themselves right now as a contender. Hey, I think I'm going to contend in 23. But hey, you know what? Your roster is going to be aged out. That 24 is likely going to be a higher t- first round pick. You know what? I'll package a th- I'll give you Alvin Kamara and a third for your 24 first. Right? So you add a little bit to it, but you're also projecting what that pick is going to be in 2024, something they may not be looking at because they're so focused on 23 being a contending season for all right. Well, Brad, I hope you can see my screen. Got it. So this was this was some great advice from Justin Holsey. And we're going to talk about 10 of our favorite uh, options. Um, commissioners struggling with week 17 decision. Please start by reaching out to the affected managers. I love this advice. Um, you might be surprised how reasonable folks are considering circumstances, even with money on the line. Find an agreeable solution without making it a unilateral ruling. I've seen some people that are just like that. It is what it is, or the this is the you know this is what the rules are for all other. Why is it different? And uh, I mean, it's a pretty different scenario. Um, Vic, similar. I created a group chat for the two opponents to sort it out by putting their honest opinions. Each situation found fair ground. Um, if they didn't settle, you know, I take each option and put it to a poll along with a third. You know, you can find out who's who's reasonable or not. Um, you know, this guy, Mike. Half PPR down 0.18 points with Higgins left. Nobody left. What, what does everyone think? I, I, I mean, like, I think Higgins is going to get that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I said, anyone thinking that they're going to win is uh, Lloyd Christmas. Um, so Telling me there's a chance. <laughs> um, uh, J, JB Barry, shout out to Coach JB. I met him at the expo. Great guy. Um, if the game is decided, then it's easy. You know, so he gave you some great solutions. Um, I threw this one out there, cage match. Um, if you go to my TikTok at Dynasty Dorks, you can see uh, how Michael Scott would have handled this. Um, a lot of different scenarios. Um, you know, I don't want to go too much into the detailed ones. Um, options play continues at some point. Do that. It sounds like they're going to call it a no contest, from what I've heard. Yep. And interesting. Some of the conversations they're having are making an eight seated playoff for both the AFC NFC and um, there would be no one would get a buy um, because this obviously affects the the Bengals or the Bills in Kansas City um, because Kansas City now moves into the number one spot the Bills had it the Bills were to win they would have been the number one seed but the Bills are no longer the number one seed because they've played less games and they have a lower winning percentage than Kansas City and if they don't play this game Bills won't have that opportunity if they did that, then they would have neutral site championship games. Again, a lot to be decided, um, and nothing's official about the game, but it sounds like it's going to be called off. Um, as far as yeah, as far as your spread, what are um, 
what are five uh let's go back and forth what's one option you like dude i i, I just I'm going to leave my favorite one for you because you're the one that kind of put it out there. Uh, but I think for me, uh, the one that kind of piques my interest the most is, look, to me, the Week 18 stats for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills is not the same because they're they're playing different teams now, right? So the statistics are different. It's not based on the same week. I, I don't personally like that one. So when is have the Bills and the Bengals ever played against each other in the last year? As a matter of fact, they have. They played together in the 20 in the AFC Championship game in January of 2022. Why can't we just take the stats from that game and plug them into this? Right? I like that one or projection, you know, there's a couple other ones that I like, but I like that one just cuz it's a little bit different, it's definitive. The problem there is well, now people know if they're going to lose or not. And they're going to be like, no, nah, I don't like that one because I lose, right? Because I'm in a league right now where we're literally, the whole league is arguing right now because the two people in the championship can't agree. And the commissioners made a unilateral decision that neither one of them wanted that we're all like, no, this is garbage. Uh, and it's an empire league. There's a whole bunch of stuff that kind of play into it. So I like the the known Hey, 2022, let's just take the stats from the last game they played against each other, and that's what's going to get. It is what it is. It sucks. Nobody wants to do it, but let's move on. Yeah, so I just uh, I put a, a tweet out there. Justin, you can show it to Miranda. I put the people that are saying it is what it is, like this uh, fantasy gold Tony Culler, they're probably not in the fantasy football championship. Um, it's a little bit of being a lazy commish to not even, like, and for people to say, like, just treat it like you would any other injuries, this isn't like any other injuries. And the players that were, these were healthy guys that didn't get to finish a game. And so it's not a normal scenario. And like last year with COVID, we gave, like, I would say, okay, well, if Derrick Henry doesn't play because of COVID, then I'm going to throw in J.K. Dobbins. Like, we had like plans, we had extra IR spots, like, we could plan ahead of it. So to someone to just say like the rules of your constitution or the platform, like none of the platforms are really built for this. So to just say it is what it is, I have a hard time with that. And so, you know, Tony caught a, he caught a bunch of heat. Originally he said, just kind of wait until, um, you know, wait and see. Um, and then he did say like, if they play then to use those, but if they don't play again, then it is what it is. Like ish happens and people get hurt. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not buying that. I put it out on TikTok as well. Same thing with a situation just like Miranda's, you know, a guy's down like two points and all he needs is T Higgins and Joe Mixon to get more than two points. And the commissioner was like, it is what it is. And I'm like, this commissioner obviously is not in the fantasy football championship, and it it shows. It, it is different, though, right? Miranda's example there that that is like common sense, right? But if you're down thirty, for instance, the league that I'm talking about, we're we're going back and forth in, right? The guy's down thirty with Joe Burrow, and he's like, well, he had ten fantasy points going into the first quarter, you know, with a few minutes left in the first quarter, so I should get forty points. I'm like that's that's asinine. You can't do that. So those ones are the ones you can't say, well, you know what? This there's there's a good or a bad here. You but you also don't want to say it is as is because that's also not fair. It's just a really crappy situation. Um so so here's a scenario. There's no Thursday night football. You guys go and live stream a Madden simulation of the game. And you could go even further and have the players played by you guys. But I think a simulation with nobody playing is the most fair. And you put 15-minute quarters on or whatever, and you watch the game as a league. And everybody is watching it just like you would a game. And I I, I put that out there, and, and like some of the comments on my TikTok were like, that's effing stupid. I'm not yeah. doing that. And I'm just like... like uh, It'd like, be fun as hell, that's for I sure. I think it would be fun as hell. Yeah. And and there is people out there that that do this for like like fantasy football leagues based off of just Madden. So this isn't like completely out there. Um, so I like the Madden one. And even if you did just a simulation and didn't watch the game and just did like 
let's say 10 times and got the averages of their stats, there's ways to do that. So Brad, cut a little close on time. Let's go with another one. Yep. Uh, I, so I'm going to go with as is, I know that's not a popular opinion, uh, but now that we know that game is not being played, there's to me, there's a little bit of a, a challenge, right? If I say, well, I can use Joe Burrow's statistics next week against whoever, why can't the other team use whoever's player from next week in their game as well? Right. The matchups are different. It's just like any other week in the NFL. Um, So at that point, I think as is has got to be the fairest way to do that. I know it's not popular, um, but like I said, if your guys can just agree on something, that's the best way to go. Right. Because otherwise you're making somebody mad making a decision. Yeah. At the end of the day, my number one is just you take the two guys like Sosa said. And just say, hey, you and her, you and him, figure it out. Come back to me. I don't care. Whatever options you guys have on the table, you guys are the ones most affected by this. Of course, there's other things. You know, I'm in a dynasty league. And so we decided to split the pot. But then who becomes the, you know, for the draft order? And that affects, especially if, like, I don't have my first round pick and Brad's got my pick. And now Brad gets a lower pick because of it. Like, other things can happen. But at the end of the day, the guys that are most affected should be making the decision versus like uh, uh, an owner or a a commissioner that's like not involved at all. That just like, nope, we're done or like doesn't even ask for their input. And people you should be able to understand this is an unrealistic. Yeah, this is an unprecedented situation. Try to be realistic. You know, if I'm going if I'm the person that is facing Miranda, I'm going to go. I'm conceding. Yeah. And I, I would hope that somebody would say, you know what, you know, here's here's your entry money back or something like that would be like a nice little compromise. But yeah. it shouldn't owe me anything, which I was going to beat me anyways. And I'm assuming yeah, but, I'm probably going to get second place money anyways. Yeah. The problem is people aren't going to want something that determines who the winner is right now. Right. So if you say season averages, which is another one I like, you know what, just take the player season average, plug it in. If they win, cool. If they don't move on. Right. People aren't going to like that because it's going to immediately tell you who the winner and who the loser is, right? So the loser is going to be like, nope, I don't like that answer, (laughs) right? So everybody's response to this that is quote unquote rational is, well, we have to wait until the next game and figure out how to plug some number in that we don't know yet, which I'll tell you right now, if let's say you wait and count the game against the Ravens next week for Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow goes out there and lays a 10 point game. Tell me that person's not going to complain now. Well, if... Oh, Joe Burrow had 10 points in the first quarter last week. This is crap, right? So it's it just it's you a have, crappy you know, situation. If you, have Stephon, if you have Stephon Diggs and then Josh Allen plays only half the game, you're yeah. going to be upset. If you yeah. use, you know, if you use scores from two or three weeks from now, what if somebody gets hurt and they're no longer available? I do like the averages. And of course, I would, you know... I wouldn't be the person that says yes or no to the answer because I'm looking up and counting. So of course you could do that and say, no, I don't like it because I'm going to lose. Yeah. But I mean, I would say yes to that. I wouldn't even look it up. I would just say, Brad, cool. Let's do it. Let's, let's see what we get. Another one that is a random five yard rush. Let's do five yard rush. Everybody gets a beer, watches it. You can do it three or four times, 10 times, see who wins the, the majority of the matches Five-yard rush, easy way to, to solve it. And hey, if you live close to each other, out. screw it. Go run a 100-yard dash against each other. Whoever wins, wins a ship. There you go. <laughs> and there's so the one I have up on the board, um, people are split. Some people split the pot based on the chances. So basically using the projections, saying, Brad, you're you're supposed to be, win 66% of the, you know, versus my 44%. So I'm going to, you're going to get 66% of the pot. I get 44% of the pot. And, you know, I get a little bit more than I would have for second place. You get a little bit less than you would have for first place, but we're not splitting 50, 50 and you're still getting the number one crown. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a fair way to do it. And uh, Ryan McDowell actually uh, sent it out. There is a uh, pot calculator so you can split things different ways based on the percentages. Um, you know, for those that just want to do the, you know, have the math done for them. 
Um, a lot of people just split it 50-50, like you said. Just let's just instead of calling it like it is, let's just split it. Let's just split it 50-50. I, I don't know for sure. Like Joe Mixon most likely is gonna get seven points. But I don't know that. Yep. Like my my matchup with with you know with uh Justin. James Cook was projected to score less, and I was projected to win. But it was within two points, three points. And I said, you know what? Let's just let's just split a 50-50. He said 60-40, and we ended yeah. up doing 50-50. Yep. I, I could care less, you know? like Because yep. I can't guarantee that I would have won or lost, and it's so close. If it was 65 points, and he said, let's do 50-50, I'd say, come on, man. You know? <laughs> come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Cook isn't getting 60 points. Yeah, yeah. But if it's within 10 or 15 points, you really got to throw it out there. Another one that I saw was using the best score. All right, your guy had 15 chances to score as many points as possible. His best was 34.2 or 26.2. That's what you get. And plug them in. And and plug them in. That's, That's another option. Again, you could look that up and be biased towards your decision. But maybe not everybody's got those numbers right off the top of their head when you're having the conversation. Yeah. Well, it's it's more, you know, if I'm the other guy, right? Let's say I don't have a player and you've got Joe Burrow and we're saying you take the best. Like, well, why don't I get to take the best score out of what my guy could have done? Maybe I had who, – who, who's a player that got hurt in week 17? Um, Josh Jacobs. I don't know. Well, he didn't. That's not good because he didn't miss the whole game. I get, Either, your, I get your point, but you know, it, it that, just, that player got hurt. Joe Burrow didn't get hurt. Right. No, right. But you get to take the best projected score because he didn't get to finish the game. Why don't I get to take the best projected score because my guy didn't finish the game? Yeah. Right. So I, I get it's different circumstances. I'm not saying it's the same thing. I just, I just know these are the arguments that are happening. Right. Yeah. So. No, for sure. And, Again, everyone should try to be reasonable out there. Um, Sleeper added a function to, you know, retabulate week 17 after the game. Um, What's another uh, resolution that you you saw? Uh, I like this. So we talked a little bit about both of mine. One was the season averages uh, and the other one was splitting based on the project, you know, Sleeper, for instance, has the projections. It says, hey, 64 to 56 or 64 to 46. Hey, that's how we're going to split the pot. Uh, we're going to crown the 64% the champ and, and whatnot. The The biggest problem I, we're having right now in a couple leagues is it's an empire league. And for those of you who aren't sure about empire, it's if the same person wins two years in a row, uh, then it shuts the league down. So where most situations you can say, hey, you know what? The two teams in the championship should be able to figure this out. And if not, then the commissioner will help. Uh, nobody else really needs to be involved in that. From a from an Empire League perspective, it absolutely affects the whole league because the league could get shut down. And now you're redrafting and everything. So I, I'm not going to say they should have, you know, majority rule kind of thing, but uh, it may be more conducive to have a, a poll type of situation. Hey, here are the three options. Everybody gets to vote because it's an empire. It affects everybody. Uh, and let's go from there. So, yeah, I have this one right here. You know, in my league, I commission everybody agreed to adjust the payouts. And, um, you know, in the chip, there there was an 18 point lead, and the runner up had Knox left. Um, the leader and him agreed to a 50, $50 adjustment. Um, and, you know, they, they worked it out. Um, we had a four person championship that lasted three weeks. That's, you know, that's tough. It's a three, like it's combined score. So they just decided to give four championship entry fees back and the rest went to Hamlin's charity. I've seen a lot go to the charity. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's a few on here. I was looking for the one guy that was, um, the one I used for my TikTok. That was just like, you know, shit happens. Um, and, uh, you know, all these guys, thank you for replying. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's always good to have good conversations about this stuff. Um, DFS contest is one of them. You could use a DFS contest, go head to head. Um, that right there, you know, in the scenario I used earlier that Brad was like, that's not, not fair to me because I didn't get to use my player, you know, random score. You could do that um, to where you guys 
we pick your new lineup because yep. you know there is some uniqueness with week 18 that you just don't mess with that's why we don't suggest week 18 championships and now you're going to be forced to do week 18 well, and, and imagine if the NFL does add that eighth playoff team and there's no buy and everybody just kind of says, you know what? Everybody's sitting. We're not playing these guys well, because it, the seating's not going to change. Like, well, you got like just, Nathan Peterman is going to be playing against Sam Allen. Like, yeah. Like, all just, these random quarterbacks are playing. Yeah. Um, we got uh, use the highest score. I said that. Um, DFS contest, uh, cage match. We already said that. Yeah. Cage match. Arm wrestling. There's there's all sorts of contests oh, you could do. <laughs> poker. You could play yeah. poker. Connect four. You could play dominoes. You could like do something like could be competitive, um, and the whole league can get into it. At the end of the day, I, I, anything that is fun for the league is is a good way to go about it. Yeah. Um, not everyone's close, you know, so they can't do stuff in person all the time. But with computers you guys could have a brad and i could play beer pong right now absolutely like yeah. we might um I, that sounds like a plan but like you can do stuff right you know at, at, and there's a lot of potential um you know bowling other other things so at the end of the day the best advice that i can give anybody is you know if you're in the situation Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Try to be as as compromising as a good sport as possible. Um, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully you're not playing. Like a lot of us are not playing for life changing money. Yeah. And you started out playing fantasy for fun. Um, and if you're in a league and you don't agree with the commissioners and you're really like pissed off about it, I mean, you 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 can voice your opinion, but at the end of the day, just don't be in that league next year. Yeah. Um, and you know, at least ask for your money back if you feel like you you were unjust unjustly you know handled. Um, but you know, with this, the two people most affected, I think, should be the ones that make the final decision on it. Um, as long as they're the only ones that are affected. Yeah. Like the Empire League situation, that's totally different. Yeah. Um. And then, Brad, how would you handle this? And if you have a Week 18 championship, and now you have the Week 17 seating, so like I, I had someone ask in this situ in this thread, who goes to Week 18 playoffs now? And so I threw out the scenario of a handicap match, and I said it can be two on one against the other guy. So Brad and I versus Maddie. Yeah. And our average against his, and we like split that. whatever we win. And yep. so he said he was going to bring that to his league. He liked that idea. That's a cool um, idea. Yep. And I said, obviously, the other person has to agree to it because it's unfair to him that he's he's going to face two people <laughs> instead of one, but not <laughs> taking our highest score, taking our combined score, right. the average. Yeah. Um, and and going that way, I thought was was uh, an interesting way, but. Week 18 or some of these like two week matchups, it's yeah. tough. Well, that might be where you look at, you know, to stick with the uh, wrestling analogy. Maybe it's a Royal Rumble style. It's not head to head. It's, hey, because there's two matchups there that are probably have players. So now you got four teams that haven't really, you don't really know. Put all four of them in one pot. Whoever scores the most wins. Yep. Right or and split second between the three of them or whatever, right? So there's a couple different ways you can kind of go with that. You could also just say, you know what, we're going to make it simple. We're sticking with the averages to go into the week 17, and whoever would have won based on averages is going to move forward. Um, so, I, I mean, there's a couple different, different ways to kind of look at that. You know, maybe you look at the games that Joe Burrow has played against uh, – the. Well, I guess you can't do that because that's just the playoff game. So that's that does Brad, Brad, how are you handling this one? Oh they, my goodness. They finished as a tie. Who do they have? Who is it? T. Higgins versus Jamar Chase? It's uh let's It looks let's like it. Two Cincinnati wide receivers. Oh. Oh wow. <laughs> can you can you click on the picture? Will it show you? Yeah, there we uh, go. Yeah. It doesn't show me who they have. 
it just shows me. That oh, the other guy had digs too, though. Yeah. Digs. So it's easy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That yeah. that's tough. That, yeah. that that's a hey 50 50 split we both got screwed there's nothing we can really do about it like yeah they're yeah just split the just split it like you said it's not life-changing money like what don't don't be a dick there's no reason to yeah. <laughs> that's that's the best advice we can give you you might make <laughs> it into a shirt <laughs> um all right well hey we're at the hour mark uh we gotta go take care of family duties yep you guys have a great night and uh, good luck this off season. Cheers.